the other guys, or do you think they're all they're too mad to get on? I don't know. They might pop on. If they do, we'll just give them the warning. We'll just what? We'll just give them the warning. Okay. Alright, we'll just, uh... Yeah, we're, looks like we're live. Looks like it's coming up. Everything's coming live. Ellie's down here bothering me. What's up, girl? You're still covered in hair somehow. Look at that. I brushed you for like 30 to 45 minutes, and she's still covered in hair. Welcome here. to Once Revealed Variety Hour. We're your hosts. I'm Vern. And I'm Nathan. And I've we're got a cat here. This is the first stream of 2021. How you feeling, man? I mean, God. Uh, well, I don't know. It's interesting. I'm in a spot right now where I can look forward to things just in my own life. I can look forward to good things, I feel like. You know, I, I, you know, I, I'm sort of at towards the tail end of a darker time. Yeah. And then things can start working their way up. Things can me. start being and, positive and for a change. Up. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. You know, I'm Thanks. looking forward to that. At least that's what I'm hoping for. Um, but I just got to keep my eyes open for whatever's going to happen. Yeah. I, uh, I found out today, I signed into my uh, my college transcripts so I could figure out how close uh -huh. I was to my AAS, and I am literally one thing away. I have to do a capstone exercise and I get my AAS. So oh, I have like so a project class, to do. Really. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What do you think you get, do you think you're gonna actually like go do it? Like, yeah. What, what do you yeah, think? I think I'm gonna hit them up and just do do the last project, get my AAS, and, uh, and then from there with my associates, I, uh, I think I'm going to UMGC to get my bachelor. Beautiful, yeah. For, uh, in tech, Kind yep, of stuff. Yep. Yep. Information technology. Uh, I think my, my one that I'm going for at Frederick has been help desk administration and management AAS. Mm -hmm. And then at, uh, at UMGC, it'll be an information systems management. So, mm. yeah. Nice. So, right up my alley, right, right what I've always been doing. My whole, because Frederick Community College is actually an accredited college for UMGC, all of my yeah. credits should transfer. So. Nice. Yeah. So they said all, all the stuff that I'll need will transfer, and then I'll just have to take... Yes. They said it should be like about a, a year and a half of schooling, so like maybe two and a half semesters. Nice. Yeah. That's really cool, man. And then you have oh, two and a half. Okay, so just a little bit more than a half of a yeah. degree time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just, just a little bit more. That's what they were explaining. They're like, you're going to have to do just a little more than you think you will, and that'll be all right. You'll probably be all right. So. Yeah. Now, that is, unless you decide to take on more and just take on larger loads you could probably get it done faster but that's what i was considering. that's hard to do yeah. that's hard to do when you're also working yeah. and the thing is what's it hurt to be in there for another semester really? that's how i feel too i'm like i can stress it out a little bit more and not be as stressed so like why not you know what i mean they also umgc since it's an all online school they uh they do all of their classes as eight week courses so I sound, I sound okay, like cool. I'm doing a paid advertising. I'm not, just for the record. We have to actually state that now for European listeners. We're not advertising for any any brands while we're on this stream. Um, we actually have to say that? Yeah, that's that's actually a, that's something you have to do. If you start talking about a brand in such a way that it sounds like you're advertising, somebody could report you for advertising. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, the world, oh is, world is getting weird. We're not advertising for UMGC. If you guys want to sponsor us, that'd be fucking sick, but I haven't even gone there yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna share this. Yeah, yeah, do it up, do it up. Yeah, yeah, it's a good idea. I should probably well, do the same. I'm glad that you're I'm glad you're going to school though, or you're planning on um, keeping that up. I'm yeah, man, I uh, I I kind of let it go for a little bit this this past this year of COVID times. I got a little bit um, nervous about going back to school because I uh, one the school was less than helpful. So I as much as I don't want to talk shit about the school that I attend, um, I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk shit about the school that I attend. So Frederick you Community College, kind of a garbage school. I'm going to be really real with you. It's it's kind of shitty because like they pretend 
in my opinion, that they have the best intention for their students in mind, but they will completely forget you exist if you don't go out of your way to make a point of saying that you exist. Um, oh to the God, point that, really? like, I showed up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I showed up there last time, uh, and I figured out how many courses I had to do. They told me, oh, you have these three courses you have to finish. Uh, once you finish these courses, you just got to come back and you got to do your capstone exercise or an internship. I was like, okay, why do I need to do an internship? So I work in the IT field, and the internship that you want me to do is in an IT company. Can I not just show you the, the breadth of my work and say, well, yeah, I, I am doing that level of work. I'm doing the work yeah. that you are training me to do here. Is that not acceptably the same level of thing? And I'm sure that they're saying in their heads, they're sitting there like, this guy's not actually working an IT job. He's just going to get somebody to sign off saying he is. I'm just like, dude, if you came to work with me, you'd see that I do this for a living. Like I do more IT work than the people who teach the courses. There were right. multiple times that I was learning courses from people that said, I don't really know this stuff. And I'd be like, well, I do. And I would help them fucking instruct people. Like That's awesome. Yeah, so I'm like, I, I don't understand where this idea that like they need to they need to like prove or I need to prove to them that I've done a, an internship through some fucking um like third party or 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 through a company that, that does IT or something along those lines. And aside from that, due to the, the nature of the work that I do, I can't do an internship. I have a, I have a non-compete clause in my contract. So oh, I can't man. I'm actually not allowed to do IT for anybody else. So they can't you have, have me do an internship for it. You have literal legal documentation. I, I do. I do. That's I so can't fun. even do that. So I have to go to them and ask them to do a project instead. <laughs> so that's what I'll have to No, go lay down. Okay. Put you in well, that's stupid. So, so, so you have to do a capstone purely because you're not able to do an internship. Yep. That's stupid. That sounds that's so dumb, so right? I'm just like, but but because yeah. I can't do the internship, it's because I'm already doing IT. So I'm just like, what project do you need me to do? What, what do you need me to prove to you that I can I can accomplish? What is it that I need to prove out of my fucking 13 years of successful IT work? What is it? <laughs> but I've been doing this since I was 14 years old. Like I, I legit, it's so strange to me. So, like, what do you have to do? Like, what kind of project do you I don't know. Do? I have no idea what a capstone exercise is for a help desk management degree. I hope that he says, do you know how to manage a help desk? And I say, yeah. And he's like, cool, here's a degree. But I don't think it's going to be that yeah. easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Or maybe like, I, don't, just I don't know. I don't know what it would be. It's so strange to me. It's probably going to be an essay or something. I'll probably have to write some fucking paper about managing uh, IT or some Talk shit. Talk about it on paper. Yeah. About thing you already know how to do. I really just, honestly feel like if he would just let me like interview with him, he would understand that I've done this for long enough. It's just like, what the fuck? Right. What am I even, what are you waiting on? I understand that the thing is, is like a college doesn't want to give you a degree and then have some jagaloon that doesn't know anything go out there and use that degree improperly, not knowing what they're doing right. and bring discredit to the school's them name. A bad name. But the difference is, this is a community college and I've been doing this for 13 years. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> give me a fucking break, man. <laughs> God, <laughs> like, yeah. How much dishonor am I going to bring to Frederick Community College? <laughs> That'd be like if, uh... I can understand Yale. <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, Yale's got their thing, but Frederick Community College... I don't know about you that. To to us. You share I mean, a name with the, the FCC. Get the Thank fuck you. out of here. God, that's funny. Yeah, yeah I haven't... I haven't considered if, like, if or when I would go back to school because you just finished your master's program, didn't you? I did. You're gonna I become did. a now, doctorate next? Maybe. Oh, Doctor Biedzinski, dude, you better. That's so cool. Oh, okay. 
Well, the kids all call me Mr. B, so then it could be Dr. B. Dr. B! Yeah. Speaking of bees, um, this wine that I have, this is not an advertisement for Aldi, Aldi wine. All of our European uh, <laughs> customers our European and watchers. Your wine is better. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not advertising this. This cost me like nine bucks. <laughs> this is just to get me drunk. <laughs> It's actually pretty good. It's yeah. called Bear Brothers, and it's got a big B on it. So I was like, you hey, know what? Hey, there you go. Nice. That's, uh, I'm about to go get myself wine. another one. I actually already destroyed this one. Also Do not it. sponsored by Truly. I feel like we have also to make not that. Truly not sponsored by Truly, as much as that did sound like an <laughs> advertisement. Not. Yeah. So I'll, I'll talk about, if you're going to get a drink, get up and get a drink. Yeah, I'm going to grab a drink. Talk. So for all of our loyal listeners who are out there, um, I entertained the idea of getting a master's and a doctorate in music of some of some kind, getting my higher level degrees in music theory. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I guess for here's the predicament. If I want to get a doctorate in music theory, um, it necessitates a master's in music theory. Now, I have a master's degree, but it's in special education. So, like, I would have to go through another two years of a master program oh. and then go through the other, I guess, two additional years, I guess. But you could get a doctorate in special education, could you? I could, but I don't really want to. Like, okay. why would I? Fair enough, fair enough. Here's the thing. I don't, so I'm in a certain level of this hierarchy, and as you go up higher up the hierarchy, you, you just end up doing more administration. And I have no interest in doing that. I'm at oh. the top level of administration that I want to do. Okay. Because... I enjoy doing the actual work. Like so as not, a teacher. you don't want to be a suit. You don't. You don't want to be the suit that's on like the board Basically. making decisions for everybody else and not knowing if you're doing the right thing or not. Basically, yeah. I think you'd do good at that, though, man. I feel like you'd be. A, I feel like you'd be a good administrator for that kind of thing. You'd you'd, you'd look out for people. You know. I mean, yeah, but it requires a certain kind of organizational mind that I don't think I. I agree really that. Have. That is true. I, that's, I, that's I think you have it, but I can understand if you're criticizing yourself on it. Oh. I see. I just well, here's here it is. I just don't like doing that. I get I just it. Don't yeah, like, that's... I don't enjoy it at all. And Funny I have story. No interest in doing it. That interview yeah. that I did, the one that I was telling yeah. you guys about the other day, it's an internal mm -hmm. position for the company that I'm already working for, right? I'm gonna be honest mm -hmm. with you. I don't think I'm gonna take it. I, even if they offer it to me, I don't think I want the job. Weirdly enough, it's for a similar thing. I, I for yeah. the same reason. Like it's an application administration job, and like as much as I like the idea of like moving up in my career to move next, work on the next thing. At the same time, I'm like I don't. Like the idea of having to work weird hours. Like they, they sometimes will have people call in at like seven at night and work on things. Uh, They'll have people that'll get on every other weekend to work on stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like I enjoy having yeah. my free time, you fucking weirdos. Right. Right. Like it's it's and like, so strange. Is it a lot more money? It's a little more money, but I don't feel like that's a good measure of whether or not I'm happy in a job. You know, like I could exactly. I could probably eke another twenty grand out of them if I wanted to in the interview. Like I they told me that what I'm making right now is far under what they would be paying me. And so like I gotcha. understand that I'd be making a lot more money, but I don't think the money would make me happy. I think I'd still be upset that I have to do these fucking jobs like this. But yeah. It's like that's that's exactly where I fit. It's not worth it. Yeah. It's just not worth it. Yeah. That's kinda of why I'm like I'm I think I want to get my bachelor's degree. And I think I want to go back to working for the feds. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he mentioned that to me once. Um, yeah. Yeah. There, and then you ask yourself, you know, we've got this idea in our minds as a society, as a group of people, that 
moving up in whatever profession you you are in is good. Yeah. You know, we just have that idea stuck in our head. Moving up is good. Period. And it's like, why? Is that why yeah, is, is that true? Is it true that it's good? It's like, like true though. Yeah. Like and there and, and if you do ask that question, the answer is more money. Um, that's maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Now the other side of that is maybe uh, your aim is to get to a certain kind of position where you can have more influence and do something good. Now that's very different, yeah. right? But most of the time, people just have the idea that yes, I should work hard so I can move up and make more money. Like that's just sort of an implicit thing about yeah. moving up and change. Yeah, I you think know? I think something else that like I realized too is like if I move into this position. I'm going to be around people that have been in their positions for one guy's been in 14 years. One's been doing his job for 11 years. The other guy's been doing his job for 12 years. And the one girl's been doing her job for seven years. So I'm like, I don't, I don't want to get into this as the brand new guy and know that I'm never going to be able to move up because all of these people are ahead of me. Every single one of these people are going to get picked up and moved into the next position above before I will. As these people retire right. or move on to a new position or get a new position within the company, I'm not the guy that's going to get picked. It's going to be one of these people that have been doing the job for 14 years or 12 years. So I don't want to so be the fucking low man on the level. totem pole literally forever. I'm, I'm not doing bitch work for people forever when I'm already at the top of my totem pole. You know what I mean? Right. As a technician, yeah. I'm considered one of the most respected technicians in the company. And so I'm like, why would I throw that away? Why would I throw away the level of respect and admonishment that I have? You know what I mean? Right. And you know, I have the, the same kind of thing, the same kind of mindset with my position as a teacher. It's like, there's nothing wrong with uh, this being like, not like not moving up above this, this level, because this is a very respectable level. Like, right. You know, it's not like I didn't accomplish anything. Right. You know? I also, I, I really do enjoy doing actual technical work. Like I don't, as much as I like the idea of administering something or like making sure servers are working or I can, I can work on servers. Like I, I really like doing tech work. Like I like working, interfacing with customers. I like meeting people and working on their computer systems. I, I really yeah. like, like tackling a problem that I've never seen before and finding a solution to it when nobody else could. Like I really enjoy that part of the job. That's my favorite thing yeah. about it. Writing up the little thing at the end. That's like, I figured out this, you know what I mean? Like that's so yeah. fucking cool to me. So I just, that's, yes. you know, I, I, one, one that stands out to me, one, one particular mo one that I can think of a moment that stuck out to me where I was like, wow, I figured some shit out. That's like so crazy. Like I had a, I had a system, basically I had a program that needed to be installed and it couldn't install properly. And we couldn't figure out for the life of us why. And the, the team at the time that was in charge of telling me that I couldn't get this per that this thing wasn't working on the system. They were telling me just wipe and reload the whole system. Just put a whole fresh operating system on it start the system over, like basically just, just to fix the problem, do this. And I ended up finding in like this really niche spot within the operating system, how to fix the problem. And I got to write up the thing about it. And they were like, we'll probably never see that problem again. But I felt super proud of it so much so that I'm telling you this story three or four years later. Like, it's like that right. level of success that I get out of that. Like I get a, get a, a, a buzz when I finish a problem. You know what I mean? When I'm closing, I take it, I'm like, fuck like, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's it, it sounds like you solved that problem with surgical precision. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. exactly what it is. And it's, and it's not even that it's necessary to know that thing in order to use it again for the same problem because maybe that won't happen, but knowing you have the ability to find a unique solution to a unique problem. Yes. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it feels really good. It feels so fucking good. It's like when I was in the army and they would hit me with some shit like that. Like... Like, we're fucking doing battle drills, and they're like, okay, there's enemies that are fucking 25 meters ahead. What do you do? And you're like, ah, fucking, ah, assault through the fucking objective. They're like, yeah, do it. And they're like, fucking tell your team to get out there and do the fucking thing. Like, 
then that's that's how it is you know it's a lot yeah. of fun i feel the same way that i did when i was in the army when i'm fucking solving problems it's really strange it's a little bit of a buzz yeah it that reminds me of uh, a lot of jordan peterson's stuff he talks about being living it's living life on the edge yeah but not taking it the cliche way yeah so it's like if you look at the yin yang symbol right the whole idea behind that is that you have order and chaos. Yeah, and there's a <clears> little bit of order and chaos, and there's a little bit of chaos and order, right? Yes, and and what's cool is that it also prescribes a way of living in that in that system, and that's to live on that line between those two things. And so it's like you got one foot in order, one foot in chaos. Or like um, Vygotsky is a psychologist, and this is something you learn about when you're doing education. Yeah. There's a zone of proximal development, right? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, where like you've got your comfort zone, and then there's a little zone, a very thin zone just outside of that that you can accomplish, but it's uncomfortable or it's outside your comfort zone just a little bit. And then there's everything that's unattainable. Do you get the far. gut feeling when you're in that zone? Do you feel that? Because I, I yes. always have. I've always felt that gut feeling that's, when I know I'm in that zone. And, and the thing is, um, that zone of proximal development, that was used as a description of someone's ability to learn some information or something or yeah. a concept or whatever. Yeah. But that that idea of there being a threshold that's out of your comfort zone that's still attainable, that's that's just true yeah. across the board yeah. in a very general way. And that's exactly what you're talking about. And that's also what people talk about when they talk about um, being in a state of awareness and being in a state of presence. Okay. Because that's it's essentially you know, like when you get flow when you're I was gonna music. I was gonna suggest flow even. The state of flow could yeah. be part of this that's, too. Yeah. That's what it is. It's like a state that you're in. It's that not like a, a thing. Yeah, it, it's a state that you you're in, and most people, it's like you'll get it occasionally. <clears throat> Sorry, you'll get it occasionally. Like I've I've had that moment, and I've had it playing drums. I've had it occasionally meditating. Yeah. Um, been able to hit that state. You've had probably probably done that playing yeah. music or yeah. When you when you're like solving a problem. Yeah, like absolutely. That, you, that's what I was gonna say. That's that's exactly that feeling that I get. I get that. It's like almost a, a, a rock in the pit of your stomach that you know you're doing something new, but you know you're learning yeah. something as a result of it. Right, right. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, I think that's that's probably what that is. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. You know? It's when you're the most creative, that zone. I that, definitely that think that's true too, yeah. It's almost like your yeah. your brain is firing on overdrive. That's the way I've always kind of like, I feel like my brain's going a million miles a minute. I'm like, okay, all right, we're going to get this. We're going to figure this out. Uh, today, actually, uh, fun fun moment where this happened. I I started learning Swahili. Oh wow! Yeah, I figured you'd enjoy that because you've been to Kenya. Yes, yeah, and uh, <laughs> I learned just a few words like uh, uh, "karibu." Yeah, is welcome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Asante, uh, asante sana. Asante sana. Uh, what is that again? Is thank that, you very much. Uh, thank you very much. There's uh, Guajari. Goodbye. Yeah, um, Hapana's no. I forget what yes is. There's a couple different versions of no and yes, apparently. Oh, really? There's like a formal and informal version of yes as well. Yes and no as well. Like we have yes and no and yeah and nah. Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have, yeah. They have yeah. It's la and indio, I think, is yes indio. and no. Indio, that's what it is. Yeah. That's yes. Yeah. Indio. And, uh, but la is like a in... nah. That's nah. Nah. What is it? La. Nah. La. Nah. nah. <laughs> Hoa. Hoa is like, what's up? Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Cool. No, it's cool or something. Yeah. Habari. Hello. Habari. Yeah. Yeah. 
I, I just started getting into it, and like while I was learning it, I hit that fucking flow state, and I was like, whoa, I'm actually like retaining this. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's funny because it's all, it, it almost feels like something you could purposefully get to, but it's also so elusive because as soon as you're trying to get to it, that's what makes you not get to it. That's true. That's If you try to force yourself into flow, you'll never hit flow because you're concentrating too much on the wrong thing. So, yeah, and that's why these, like, meditation masters, they're masters because they know how to do that thing. They know how to just turn it on. Turn, or just be turn like, off oh. everything but that thing, yeah. Well, some of those, most of the really good ones, the ones who are, like, enlightened, they are just like that constantly. Yeah, they just live in flow, right? That. They're just always, always above us. Always enlightened above us. Yeah. Well, that, and that'll, that opens up all kinds of new possibilities. When you're, because imagine, that's like when you're the most creative, that's when you're the most capable. You're, the, you're able to do the most. You're, yeah. you're reaching your maximum capability at that point. I imagine some of the, the great philosophers of our of our human existence were probably constantly in that flow state, like the Nostradamus Maybe. and those kind of guys. Yeah. Galileo might have been in flow state because that guy was a genius. He's just always fucking learning something, you know. Like these yeah, kind of people are, you know, we have a lot of that along the way. So it's, I'm curious, you know, I, I know every human had to have experienced it, right? We know that this is a uniquely human function, something that we know has always been yeah. around. So it's like I yeah. I wonder how many thousands of innovations were built off the back of a flow state that we we could have experienced you know yeah seriously i mean i mean that's like uh i mean the ancient societies of india that's why you know whenever some american white guy has a spiritual overturning they're like i have to go to india you know that makes that's, sense that's, that makes they, sense they thousands of years ago they were much more scientifically advanced than the rest of the world yeah, you know, and they had figured stuff out that we kind of caught up on later on. Right, right. The past couple that region, that region had some of the smartest mathematicians and geomet yes. geometrists that could have ever existed. Seriously, it's really strange to think. Like, it's it's almost like um, I had a conversation with one of my coworkers about this idea of like basically as humans seeded into different regions as we got into different mm -hmm. regions and started you know popping up civilizations and we started having more children that the evolutionary tract it wasn't just this idea of like humans all have the the same illicit value in each individual category of how their brain functions like their intelligence level their wisdom levels like not everybody's exactly the same and so the concept mm -hmm. was maybe they decided to go to these regions because they had these individual like track records and these tracks that they were going to go upon as a society. And so it's like, like a, a good example was the Polynesians. Like the Polynesians created like boats that were capable of going across oceans to a degree that people can't even do today. It's like, so who invented that? Who started that? And if it weren't for that guy, they would have never been able to. You know what I mean? Like if it weren't for that individual, because it had to be an individual. It had to be a person yeah. who was smarter than everybody else, had this engineering mind that was like, oh, yeah. if we build our ships out of hollowed out tube frames, then we'll be able to float longer. You know, that kind of thing. Like it's, right. it would be really crazy if we did that. And everybody was like, huh. You know, you're right. When we throw a hollowed out fucking log out there, it just fucking floats for a while. <laughs> you know, that that had to be a pretty crazy and ingenious thing to happen. Yeah. And I think it, it's funny because those ideas, the ones that are light bulb moments, they're not things that you purposefully think of. They what hap what's weird is that they come to you yeah. and they just show up. You're like, yeah. oh, shit, look at that. Like, damn, that's an idea. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. So I think I think you're right about that, that. um and that's why I think that's why that part of the world, India and, and the East and, and some of those parts, that's why they were able to, to achieve those scientific achievements as well. 
right you know or that scientific knowledge is because that flow state puts you into a place where you're the most creative and can learn the best and come up with the best ideas and so they're like they probably were like oh i bet if we measure this in this way i bet that shows us this thing about that thing up there you know that's that's actually a really good way of looking at it too yeah i that's one of the large things that I think the the Mesopotamian era or, or area rather and and the Mesopotamian era really honestly when their societies really functioned in their their purest forms I think that that was yep. something they had over the rest of the world was their understanding of the stars right mm. and I read a thing that said that it may have something to do with their location geographically in the world right when you're on the equator things are very flat to you Things are very easily discerned that they're moving to certain locations, whereas when these nomadic people who were moving all around these countries, it's very hard for them to understand what was going on with the stars. It's hard for you to track yeah. that stars are doing this specific function, you know? Right. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Crazy to think, right? It's crazy to think just your geographic location on the planet could have something to do with your understanding of the stars. Your understanding of everything. I, yeah. mean, think, I mean, even that's one thing. And then, of course, there's like if you live in a different climate and you experience different weather events, that changes yep. your understanding of the world completely. Right. 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 If, if you're raised in that and your, your, your early development develops in a different kind of place, right. You're going to understand things about the world that people in other places. I, that's no I, a good example about. that popped out to me just now was in North America. We have hurricanes nowhere else in the world. Do you have those? And a hurricane is a word that was specifically crafted, I think by a combination of Polynesian and native Americans. And it was a word yeah. that that Eastern Eastern Bloc Europeans didn't understand when they came to this country. So when they showed up and they were like, "Oh, the hurricane's coming," they were like, "What the fuck does that mean?" <laughs> yeah. Well, you know? I saw I saw a really interesting thing from Jordan Peterson, and he was saying that when you have these indigenous groups that talk about, um, or maybe it was him, maybe it was somebody else, maybe it wasn't Jordan Peterson, maybe it was a different person, but they were suggesting that, like like for example, a coastal people who experienced uh typhoon uh, typhoon hurricane the same thing all the same well uh, uh not that um um mon uh, monsoons um, tsunami. tsunami tsunami same thing monsoon and tsunami yeah you get there yes tsunami and it's just a giant tidal wave that just decimates the core yeah the, the coat now the assertion is that certain religious ideas formed in people's minds in order to be useful for survival so in this case, for like the, the, the tsunami example, they might say, oh, we can see that the, the water god is angry with us, and he's uh, take, claiming a sacrifice to atone for our sins or something. They come up with some reason. But actually what they're seeing is the water's receding. I was going to say they the say, water's going away. And they're like, okay, right. we got to get away because he's angry. <laughs> right. The god is angry, so we must go to the hills where uh, yeah. because the god is angry right now. And so that serves as a useful thing. It's part of their religious practice, but it's written into their. It's a survival thing, yeah. And and like that could affect the way they perceive. I, the I love those sort of things. Yeah, the Bedouins yeah. in the in the Middle East did a similar thing with uh, sandstorms. They believe when the mm. sandstorms kicked up that it was it was God making uh, the path unclear where their enemies could follow them. So they saw it as a blessing and a curse. So it was. I see. Yeah, it's it's interesting to think that like that's the human anthropology of the situation, right? It's almost poetic when you think about it. Like we almost write it's, these stories to just fit ourselves right in here in the niche of nature. Yeah, well, that's that's the cool thing about stories is that uh, I feel like I'm getting real philosophical. I'm just drunk. Don't don't mistake that. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's cool. 
I, I'm good with this, man. I'm good with this. <laughs> this is exactly the kind of podcast I was hoping we'd end up with. This is great. This is great. <laughs> but, um, the whole the whole thing about stories is that they act as abstractions of human experiences. Mm-hmm. And so what you do is you have this type of experience that many people go through. And it comes in all these different forms, but what you do is you extract the commonalities of that experience. And the more human experiences that that commonality applies to, the more archetypal that story becomes. God, we could learn a lot from that as Americans, couldn't we? Yes, and this this is a very Jordan Peterson thing, uh, this, or at least that's who I got this from. That's yeah. who I heard it from. Stop that. Yeah, yeah, whatever. He's scratching the chair. Yeah, I feel like a lot of other like nations have that still built into their society where they sort of they recognize right. that everybody is living the same human plight. And so there's not like right. a us versus them versus you versus right. but we're yeah. America, the brave, the beautiful. So we're us versus everyone. <laughs> so we just yeah. lost grips with that entirely. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, you know, this story of this mythological character. This story sums up a certain kind of human experience that you can relate to and you can learn from. Yeah. And you can see the symbolic of a human internal journey or something yeah. like that. Yeah. You know? so, I, I actually I just remembered a, another weird story. When I was uh, yeah. when I was in Kuwait, I remember we uh, we had to do this thing where we followed around. We had like, these these guys. We called them TCNs. It's definitely a derogatory term at this point, I believe. It stands for Third Country National. They were dudes who from were from other nations other than Kuwait that were kind of flown in. They did um, skilled jobs. So, like, they were smart guys. They were really good at their jobs, too, skilled laborers. Um, so, like, the third country national thing is, like, kind of just like a, like I said, it's more of a derogatory term than anything. I think their actual uh, term for them was, like, contracted uh, civilian or something like that. But regardless, most of these guys came from India. Most of them had families that lived in India, like large families that lived in India, and they were making bank living, working in Kuwait, um, working for the United States government. They were sending most of their money home. I, uh, there was a day that I was like following around a group of electricians who were working on all of our lights because all of our lights were fucked up. We had like a lot of lights that were out on top of our post. And so they had to yeah. go up and like fix these lights all around our camp, like our little location that we were in. And like while they were going around doing this, I, um, I was like talking to one of the dudes who was just spotting the dude up in the cherry picker. And he was like watching the guy up there like, fucking working on the lights or whatever, make sure he doesn't yeah, fall or hurt himself, or if he does, he can yeah, bring him yeah. down and help him out or whatever. And um, I had right. a conversation with him for a while. He was talking to me first about food and about life, and then he started talking about what life in America is like because he always wanted to see it. And then I was like, that's really cool, man. I, I really appreciate that you're so interested in you know our country. What's your country like? You know, I, was, I wanted to know more about where he was from. So he started telling me about India. And then he said, you know, after he started explaining it, he said, you know, you and I aren't that much alike, <laughs> but that's all right. Because although our lives are different, we have the same goals in mind. And that shit stuck with me, man. That shit fucking stuck with me. I was like, you're right, man. We don't have a lot in common. But you're right. Our goals are pretty much the same. I want to provide money for myself and for my family. And I want to, I want to survive. That's basically, that's basically all it is. I feel like that's yeah. the same story for everybody, right? Yeah, it's very similar, at least. And for him, well, it's, was that one of those moments? You, you told me before about some other instance. It's like... This thing has happened to me several times, but there's a particular one that really just stuck out to me, and it, it seemed to be like a shift in something in my mind or something like that. Is this kind of like one of those moments? Yeah, man. Yeah, that was one of those times where I was just like, I, I, I'll never forget that conversation with that guy. He was a really nice yeah. man, too. He talked a lot about his wife and his kids. Um, yeah. I couldn't tell you his name to, for the life of me. We never asked each mm. other's names. We literally never Doesn't asked matter. for a name from each other. Just Doesn't had a, matter. Just had a nice conversation about life as humans. 
Just makes you wonder if that guy remembers you, too, for the same he reason. He might, man. He really might. He might be like, you know, all the Americans are kind of dicks, but that one dude had a conversation with me about my family and yeah. shit. You know? One guy. Yeah. Yeah. That one guy is always the one that sticks out. You're just that one guy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually, there was a thing, um, God, I don't remember what we were watching. It was something the other day, uh, me and the girlfriend were watching, that was like, if you could get stats on random things once you died, what would it be? And I, the thing that I asked was, I, I, I would want to know the people that I positively and negatively influenced throughout my life. I, I want to know how many people and who they were. I want to know what that yeah. was like. Because I, one, I want to know where I fucked up and what the, the wrong call was. And I really want to know who... Who I might have made life, who, who whose life I might have made just a little bit better, just by having right. given them some knowledge or something. Yeah, yeah. Like how many interactions were like that one that you affected someone else, and to you it was nothing, but to them it was everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How many of those? Yeah, yeah. That's that's really right. an interesting thing too, because like how many people are having such a bad day that you walk up to them and you just say like, "Hey, man, how you doing today?" And they're like, "Oh, I'm all right." And that just turns their whole day around. You know what I mean? Like, how many positive moments have you had just because you decided to be a decent human being? You know? Right. Right. Not that I, like, want any sort of, like, respect for that or any sort of, like, I don't know, praise for it. It's just I would like to know personally. I want to know that I helped people, not hurt them right. mostly. Yeah. Well, that would, that would feel – it would feel good. And the, the funny thing about that is it almost – sometimes those kind of things, it almost feels selfish in a way – in a weird way, like I, I noticed, I noticed this when people go on like mission trips and stuff like yeah. that. They have this heightening experience, yeah. you know. It's it's like you, you you help, you know. They go and they help all these these people who are you know, and they're so thankful. The people are so thankful for this person being there, and it's like, and it's it's almost they, several times I've heard people say, "I feel like I'm getting more out of this than they are." Like for them, they're just really glad they're getting to eat. Yeah. But like for me, my life is changing. Yeah. And what it's just really interesting i heard another idea that's related to this that oh i told you about this before there's some there's a form of prayer that people practice where they take in the idea that everything all of us are the same all of us are one and also that other people reflect who you are back to you you have told me this right? yeah yeah and and so what you do is you think of the people um I think you purposely think of the people that have wronged you or, or that you feel dislike towards, and you pray for those people, particularly, like, purposefully. And because those people are reflecting things about you that you don't like. And so when you do that, you pray for those other people, you're also praying for those aspects of yourself. Ah. And it, it turns into the healing mechanism for you. It's like a, a, it's a, it's a self-healing thing, right? It's, a, it's, it's almost self-soothing. Yeah. Yeah. And it could be ta it could be taken spiritually or psychologically. I mean, yeah. it's a psychological thing because when you notice things about people, you're noticing those things because you recognize them because you're already familiar with them. That's why you even notice them. That's in the first place. very true. That's they very exist true. within you already. You already know about it somehow. That's the only reason yeah. you're able to see it. Yeah, like so I, I, as an example, I don't, I don't really remember. In my life, any of the people who I remember as being extremely physically fit ever commenting on the the body image of anybody else because I don't think they care because like they're yeah. very certain about themselves. Like they yeah. they like what they have going on for themselves, so they don't have any comment on anybody else. And that's something that I feel like a lot of people don't have. They don't feel good about themselves, and so they comment mm -hmm. negatively about a lot of other people. Yeah, they project. That's, yeah, it's a projection. That's it's projection. That's a succinct thing, man. I, that's that's interesting.
Yeah, and so this, I think it's wow. Buddhist. I think it's a Buddhist thing to do that. That's, yeah. Man, Buddhism is a, that's a strong religion too. That's one of the largest religions in the world, isn't it? Yeah, it's 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 less like a religion, more like a practice. It's something that you yeah, can do yeah, yeah. while being a Christian or a, it's a Muslim. spiritual practice, right? Yeah, it's it's like a way of, of living. It's just a, a practice you can take on in your life. I do believe there are people talk... that do follow it as a religion, though. I believe that, that is yes. a thing, yeah. There, that makes there sense. There are Buddhist... I, uh, I, actually, I, I just read a thing the other day. I believe Mongolia is majority Buddhist as a religion. Yes. Kind of interesting. Yeah. I like to visit there, by the Perfect. way. It's a beautiful country. Mongolia? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Beautiful country. Really, honestly, beautiful. It's insane how gorgeous that place is. I've never looked into it, actually. I yeah. don't even know. I know nothing about that, but it sounds like it'd be an incredible yeah. experience. It's incredible northern visit. China, uh, southern Russia. So, yeah. right between the two. Oh, yeah, in between. Yeah. That makes sense. It's like springtime pretty much all year. It's fucking crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah. I would, they do I have one of the coldest it. capitals, though, so... The coldest Bundle capitals. up. Yeah. Oh, that's fine. Bundle up, Nathan. We're going to Mongolia. Oh, shit. <laughs> down for it. As long as we can also visit India on the same trip. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. We'll hit India, yeah. and then we'll go to Egypt right after. Oh, man. So we're just going to do a world tour. World tour. Once revealed world tour, here we come. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to have this life-changing experience. Yo, as soon as this vaccine's out, I am getting it. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as it's publicly available, I'm getting that shit. I want to go back to live shows. I'm sure Will has the same belief. I'm sure Will is like, as soon as that motherfucker's available, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. There's. Give that. me a vaccine and get me back out on the stage, man. I'm I'm missing it. I do miss that. I really. And I tell you what, the the podcast performance thing it seemed like a suitable ad adaptation for the internet world. But I think what we saw was that that's way less fun than playing less oh, shows. Man, it just feels like we're doing rehearsal. That's all. <laughs> it just feels like we're like practicing. That's it. It's not like a performance at all. Yeah. It would be different if we had like, if we were in the studio and we had like a small select audience, mm -hmm. and and played for them and had the microphone. That's what in. I suggested. Remember at the beginning of the thing, I said we could have people come in. And I actually made a joke, and I said we would put a camera on one person, and we would have one person sit there like the uh, like the the Jimmy yeah. Fallon show, how he has the yeah, one yeah. guy sitting in the crowd like yeah, yeah, <laughs> just sitting in the crowd on his own. <laughs> I just thought that'd be so fucking funny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I legitimately that'd be... think that'd be great. Yeah, that's that's yeah. gonna be our world tour. We'll just. <laughs> oh, that'd be... We take that. We take one person with us, and they would be our audience. We play a show. Oh God, it's great. We just be out on some pavilion somewhere. No Tonight we are only people. streaming to India. <laughs> Welcome to the once revealed world tour. Welcome to the once revealed international variety hour. <laughs> international variety hour <laughs> with oh, variety and hours. It would be like 7 a.m. or some weird shit over That'd there. That'd be fucking funny. They'd just be like, what like the fuck us, are these guys doing? It'd be 3 a.m., but then here it'd be 8 p.m. Yeah. Or something yeah. weird like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah what, is, what is over there? It was GMT plus 4 was when I was in Kuwait, so it'd be like GMT plus 8, probably. So, like, they'd be 12... So they'd be 5 hours behind and then another 8 hours behind that. <laughs> 13 hours behind us. Wow. <laughs> That'd be fucking hysterical! It would literally be 7 in the morning, you were right! Oh, man. 
How did you nail that so perfectly? <laughs> I guessed. I didn't. Even that was good. That, that was, was good. Well, I, I was actually, I want to look it up to see if I'm right about that. That's that's crazy. No, I feel you, like I'm real I close though. Because my thought was, well, if China is on the directly opposite side of the world, that's a 12-hour difference, and this is kind of next to it. So like, I don't know. Something around there. I went one. I could go one way or the other and probably be right, and it looks like I was. It's 7:11 a.m., bro. We're so smart. We're so smart. We're so fucking smart right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah, oh man, was, that's great. That would be what it is. That was great. We're we're oh, good at this. We're gonna. We should be time time zone tellers. That that'll be our new job. <laughs> We'd have a little crystal ball in the turban. I'm sensing it is. 7 a.m. in India. <laughs> and the guy's like, wow, you're really fucking good. I'm looking at my international clock and it is in fact 7 a.m. <laughs> That's fucking nuts. It's almost like you memorized the numbers. <laughs> I can't believe I remember Kuwait was GMT plus four. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm shocked that you even know what the terminology is for that. I was just thinking, yeah, it's like... 12 hours apart from us so eh. yeah i i got i had to learn so i did satellite communications and when you uh when you report in your times you have to report in zulu time and zulu time yeah. is greenwich mean time so that's you have to know gmt's time compared to wherever you are in the world so you can tell them it's that time for everybody gotcha. so everybody goes yeah. off of midnight zulu so yeah actually <sighs> Zulu's not the right terminology for it either. That's incorrect, but we use it anyway because the army has considered it a... Uh, it's like a colloquial thing now. Everybody goes with Zulu even though Zulu's not correct. It's not Zulu time. So they said... Basically what they said is, eh, close enough. Yeah, well, they said... Well, so Zulu time is wherever you're from. So we're not doing Zulu time. We're doing Greenwich Mean Time. But they, they call oh, it I Zulu, see. which is dumb. It's just the dumbest thing ever. It's just literally incorrect for no reason. Yeah. Yeah, for Someone no fucking said reason. It that way. Then some other people started saying it that way because they didn't know. They thought it was it cool. It's because you throw a Z at the end of it and you, it looks neat. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's zero, 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 Z. Uh, that's it. It looks cool, that's right? It. it looks cool. Midnight Zulu? That's fucking neat as shit. Midnight Zulu. It sounds so official and code and... It does. And it sounds like you're talking in code, but you're not. You're just talking about a time frame. <laughs> you're talking about the Zulu time zone. <laughs> that's it, yeah. I gotta piss, I'm gonna be honest with you. So, I'll be right back. Go for it. Go for <laughs> it. So, I guess, um, I haven't seen it. No one's commented. Oh, no. So, on our trip to around the world, we're gonna see Mongolia, we're gonna see India, and Egypt. Now, I'm gonna take this chance to talk to our loyal viewers, whoever you are. The main thing you have to watch out for when you visit India, it's not the you know travel difficulties it's not you know the language because a lot of people speak english there it's the shits it's the shits apparently that is the problem with going into india if you can get past that you're golden um this food's just spicy we don't do well with it man white people just can't handle it we need potatoes and cabbage that's what we got and cheese we can do that get spicy like real spice it's not good <clears throat> but I will tell you, a trip to India would be very cool because tabla drumming is one of the coolest things about that place. And tabla being the ancient, well, no, tablas aren't ancient. Redingums are ancient. <clears throat> but it's a hand drum. And uh, 
What's cool about them is you get, you get all the timbres of a drum set, but it's only two little drums, right? But they've got sections on the head, like a middle, uh, middle pad and then two rings. So you get three different sounds out of this little drum. The same thing on the other drum too. So trip to India for me would include a lot of top of drumming. Dude, Welcome back. That was like a full two-minute piss. Like, it was just, like, straight through two minutes. That was nuts. Yeah, man. Beer does that, dude. And dude. you know what? What I was talking about, the main concern with traveling to India, from what I understand, it's not the language. It's not the oh, travel no. trouble. What is it? It's the shits. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, it's... All right. So, I've had experience with this. Oh, please, do tell. When you go overseas... Your body yeah. is unaccustomed to the uh, bacteria and germs and viruses that are in the region. Mm-hmm. So what happens in that region is that, um, well, one, it's a very dusty region for most of the areas. Um, and as a result of this dusty region, dust doesn't kill viruses very well because it blocks a lot of UV radiation. And so people... Yeah will cough because they are breathing in sand and release virus agents. And those will go Uh. out into the atmosphere. And so that dust storm will then pick up and carry along several different nations. And that dust storm will end up where you are. And then you can get sick by breathing in that dust. So you have international viruses that travel by dust. And it's a regional thing. It's the same thing here in the U.S. We get the same thing here, but it it travels in our, our warm and cold fronts. I see. Mostly in warm fronts, really, not cold fronts so much. Cold fronts kill them, warm fronts keep them alive and, and populate them. So. Well. Yeah, similar so thing. So just... when we were in Kuwait, yeah, we would okay. call it the Kuwaiti crud. The Kuwaiti because crud. Because you would get sick, and you would just like have this weird cough and this weird stomach ache that would last two or three days, and then it would just go away. Huh. It'd be fun. But you'd get it as soon as you hit the country. And as soon as you went home... You get whatever America had, and then you come back and you get that again. I see. Yeah. It probably slightly changes so that you don't have a permanent antibody to it. Yep. If you yep. do go back to court. So by the time you get back again, it's a different thing yep. altogether. Yep. But it's just, it's probably not a, it's not a potent thing. It's not a very powerful thing, but it's different. It's a little different. Time. Yeah, yeah. You just get sick again. And it was just, it was just the knowledge that everybody had. Like when you came into the country, they, everybody would go, oh, get ready. And you'd be like, what? Why? I'd be like, drink a lot of water because you're going to get the Kuwaiti crud. And you'd be like, what the fuck does that mean? And then you'd get sick a couple days later. And you're like, Jesus Christ, I've been in the bathroom every 20 minutes. Yeah. What, are you puking a lot? Nah, just shitting. You get uh, diarrhea. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think with India, it's partly the spice of the food because their food's much, much spicier. Oh, bro, I'm into that, though. Let's do it. I am too. It's probably that too, what you just described. It's just, it's just adapting to a whole different environment mm-hmm. and your body kind of freaks out. But well, bacteria is different to... there, right? Like the bacteria, bacteria in general evolved differently than it did in other places in the world. So like, that's what you're really yeah. getting. Like when you go there yeah. and you eat food, like there's always bacteria in food. Even the food that right. you cook as food safe as you can has bacteria in it. There's, there's no yeah. way that you can stop all bacteria from getting in your food. It's not and possible. There's all kinds of bacteria. There's bacteria inside of you too. Yeah. Lots of your weight is even yep. bacteria. Some of it's good. Some of it's bad. But if your body's not used to getting that bacteria, it's just going to fucking fail. And it does. It yeah. fails miserably. And you get the shits. You do. You get the shits. You and, get the and crud. You, you get through the first few weeks or whatever, if you're there for a while, and you get through it, and then you're good. Right. So if we go to India and we get sick, we'll call it the India illness. 
India illness. Yeah. The Indian illness. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like this would be like a summer. Well, I guess for you, you don't have summers. Like I, I always think of summer as being like break time, time to travel, time to do stuff. Yeah, I don't really have. But, yeah, I don't really have summers, but I, I can take vacation trip. as I need to. So. Yeah, you just take a. Yeah, because like a trip to India, man, I wouldn't want to just be there for like a week. I'd want to. That'd be, be so much fun. I actually legitimately like to do that. Yeah, I was saying while you're gone to our faithful audience, whoever that is, um, that like one of the big things for me would be tabla drumming. Like I would love to explore that there. Like learn about it here before I get there. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we but have some like, listeners in India. We do. We do, in fact. We do, in That's fact. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to introduce that kind of percussion and things into our music. So I think that would uh, add a flavor to it that just... Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's very fitting, I think. I think it'd be fitting. It would work in metal. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. You know what I think about a lot of is uh, Bloody Wood. Remember that, that metal band from India? Oh, right. I do remember that. Those guys are fucking great. Yeah. I would I would love to do a show with Bloodywood. That'd be fucking cool. And the thing is, the rhythmic structures in Indian drumming are really refined. They're yeah. thousands of years old. A lot of those things are just ain't they're or they're based on ancient things that yeah. existed for thousands of years. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. And absolutely. so they're refined over time. Yeah, I, yeah. I actually I really enjoy a lot of the music um, from the Middle East and Asia. Yeah. I have a lot of love for that music because it's it's like like you said it's ancient it's ancient music it's really honestly it's music that taps into the the oldest version of what humans were doing with music so it's like yeah that's really cool to me I African yeah. music is the same way I I really enjoy African music because a lot of the instruments too they've never really changed like the, a lot of the instruments are still the same instruments from like two thousand years ago and people are just perfecting yeah. it as time goes on and that's so fucking cool to me right yeah. Yeah, and, and it's just got a, and that's got a totally different feel to it. African music. Mm -hmm. I feel like um, if you had to do the dichotomy or the the way of uh, categorizing, I guess um, it seems like Western European music is very like mental in the sense that it's very like constructed based on systems and things like that. Um, Indian music is an interesting balance of like using I'm not going to say divine, but that that flow state as yeah, a yeah. starting point of creativity, right? And and drawing from that to you know create this music, right? And I feel like African music is just completely felt. It's it's not they don't think about it; they just feel it. Yeah, it's know? like and a, a rhythmic see. structure that's built into the 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 almost like humanity of that region. Right, and it's like that music feels good, so that's what we. That's what we cherish it for. It yeah. feels good. It, and the thing is, in a lot of those tribal societies, they have these kundalini kind of uh, like ritualistic things around the fires and stuff where they do dances and, and drumming and things. And that's a very shamanistic thing. So that's like written into it too. So it's, And India is the same way. The difference is that European music doesn't really have as much of that, though a lot of it is like in the church. But the way they approach those other realms of life are totally different too. Mm -hmm. And it, it lines up with the way that we approach other things like music or art or whatever. Yeah, dude, that's and that's like, man, I would love to go there too. That, that's another thing. We have a lot of um, we have a lot of listeners in Africa as well. I don't know if you're aware. 
Yeah. We, we have a, a large swath of individuals um, from, from Kenya, actually. We were talking about Kenya earlier. Uh, we oh, have a really? large swath of people from Kenya. Uh, we have a large swath of people from South, uh, South Africa. There's uh, a mm. few people from, from Nigeria I saw the last time I, I signed in. Uh, and Egypt as well. So some, some I wonder uh, of our if Egyptian the friends. people in Kenya have any relation to people I'm connected with. I it's possible. It's possible. So I, I think some of the people you're connected to and some of the people that Nick had made friends with along the way that he was like inviting people to, to follow us from. Um, I think yeah. some of those individuals, they were, they were involved as well. Um, I actually, I, I would like to, I would like to like get in touch um, with, with some of the people that were, you know, that are fans there uh, to see if we can help out in some way. I think that'd be really cool mm. if we could, you know, if we could help an underprivileged group of individuals in some way, that'd be great. That'd yeah. be really nice. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm, uh, I'm tied in with, uh, it's not tied in, but I have direct connection with an organization that helps mm -hmm. uh, orphanages in Kenya. So yeah. like we could definitely, um, I mean, you could, we could set up to donate. Yeah. Something, something that I was considering was just eating the cost of um, these like extra shirts that we had from the Take It Away release and just sending those as a donation. Um, that was something that I considered because they're they're kind of wasting space at this point. Nobody's buying right. them; they're just kind of hanging out. So I'm I'm cool with eating the cost if it means like helping somebody else out for it. You know? Yeah. If we do have extra shirts, um, they're probably actually going to do a trip to Kenya sometime in the future. I don't know when exactly, but they mm -hmm. always take a bunch of stuff with them, like. Yeah. They'll they'll get um, like jerseys from the basketball league at that church, mm -hmm. or they'll get shoe donations or toothpaste. And uh, I mean, I also or, I'd love to visit at oh, some point. Like if if you want to if you want to mount a trip to do this, I would love to go. Let's let's look yeah. into it. That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. Mission trips are really uh, they're really great experiences. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I remember. I'll relay a story. This is sort of a a deeply impactful thing that happened to me and it was when i went to guatemala with my uh i went with my mom uh and it was this is a a group that was associated with the church i grew up in mm -hmm. and my mom would go like every year and she hasn't done that for uh, several years now but every year she would go and um so there was this one day that we they do this thing every year where they go and they say it's a it's a a feeding they, they, they give out food at, at the dump okay and, and i thought that was strange i was just like why would they choose that as the place to give out food the dump why there and i'm like whatever um okay well i'm on this trip and you know we're doing this it's it's a lot of like labor kind of work that we're yeah. doing so like hard one of the hardest days of work in my life two or three of the hardest days of work we're just freaking digging a hole that almost makes you appreciate that, the, that there are people that do that every day yeah. Well, I like I have trouble deciding if I worked harder doing that or working for Dale. <laughs> yeah. Dale's Dale's fence one. digging. <laughs> that's that's a little crazy. It was hard work, but we had like better tools and stuff. This yeah. other place, it was on the side of a mountain, the dirt was rock hard, and we had a pickaxe, a shovel, and a digging bar. And that's what we had. Wow. You know, no other nothing. It was hard. Wow. Work, and I was like, hey, I'm just this like pale, doughy guy. Oh, you, you were know? young too, weren't you? Um, I was 23 or 24. Yeah, no, I that's, a, that's a young Nathan compared to what I know. Yeah, yeah. I had I had less old man strength at that time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Now you can tap more. in. Yeah, just a little bit more. I'm getting there. <laughs> when I'm 40, I'll be super strong. The great. <laughs> Check back in. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, so we're on this trip. We're doing a lot of that kind of work. Well, one day we go out and we're we're doing the feeding at the dump, 
Okay, so there's this little like pavilion area mm-hmm. um, with the overhead thing, and um, what I didn't realize it before that I then figured out when I got there was we're doing it here at the dump because these people live here. They actually live among the piles of, of oh, trash wow. and refuse. Wow. And they were using the materials they found there wow. to live. So it's not, that, it's not that you were making the meat you at the dump. It's that you were going to their community. We were going to their community. We were going to their home. And uh, I tell you what, just seeing the level of, of, of poverty, the squalor that was there, we don't have experience with that here in the country. It's, the it's poverty that here. we see, We don't have that here. Yeah. We don't have that here. We do not have third world uh, poverty. It, it would make well, a lot of Americans appreciate what we do have if they would just experience yes. something along those lines. We might have that in very specific parts of the very country. Very select They're locations probably, in this country. Very select locations. It's rare, but it's... But it's yeah, so no, you're absolutely right. I came back with a totally different mindset. It changes your I, life. I, it changes your life to see people living in, in abject poverty. It's very... It shook me to my core. Very sad. Like, this was a time of life where I didn't really allow myself to cry much, which I now realize is kind of unhealthy. Yeah. But, you know, I was on the verge of tears just seeing this because, you know, I remember seeing one particular guy who was, he was drunk, way drunk, and probably just to drink away the misery of his, of his existence. Yeah, he man. He probably had gotten yeah. into that. And I remember he was eating some, I think some canned fruit or, so, or you know, like a fruit cup or something like that. And he just like threw it back up. But it wasn't like it didn't look like vomit or anything. It just was back out. Yeah. And then he sat there and cried. And I was like, Jesus. Like that particular scene stuck out in my mind. Jeez, man. Like, I, that's that's harsh. Wow. Yeah. It was hard to see. But it was Fuck. it was good to see. Fuck. You know. And then in Kenya later on, you like can I definitely saw mature else. from experiencing that, right? Absolutely. It changes. It just gives you. It just. It's a wake-up call. This is reality. Yeah. This is this is real. There's worse you know, things out there than what we got going on. Yes. It's not just what you see on those commercials that say send us money. Yeah. You know. Yeah. As you're saying, so, you're in Kenya. Well, in Kenya, it's it was interesting because I saw somebody else having this it, this experience, you know, and they it's like the first time they was were exposed to this kind of thing happening, and the level of poverty and all that kind of stuff. It's almost like an initiation into a different perspective of life. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's it's a it's a rocky transition, you know, that Absolutely. first one. So, but yeah, it was it was just a really it was kind of transformative that one day. That one day, just well, what else happened that day? We brought food. This is something that they were the people there were used to doing. This, this is sort of routine, so right. they knew what to do. You have the food lined up. People line up. They get their you know a certain number of servings per person, so they don't just have people taking what they can get. Right, right, right. Um, another group brought a bunch of boxes of clothes, and no one knew that they did. And they were thinking they were just going to hand it out and be, you know, honky dory or whatever. But the thing is, these people don't have access to that stuff ever. So if they're able to like get an extra shirt by like cheating the system somehow, coming into the line twice or three times, they'll do it. Right. They're do it. And right. who's going to blame? Who them? would stop who you? Right. Who would stop, who would you? stop you? Yeah, exactly. And who's going to like? You know, I don't. If I was that person, I would do the exact same thing, the exact same thing. Because what else do you have? You know, this is your best chance. So, this is your best chance of getting something that other people don't have. Yeah, and it was chaotic. You know, and 
it was it was it was a bit chaotic. It didn't turn dangerous or anything like that, but it was just chaotic. You know, people were like people going back to... through the lines. Oh, let me get that. Let me get that again. Let me get one of those. Right. Yeah. Kind of like pushing their way forward to try to get you know get their grab at it or whatever. And right. that was another one. Seeing people who were like desperate for this thing that yeah, we that's that's a harsh thing to have to away. experience. Yeah, we literally throw throw it away or use it for rags or right. You know, use the old and that's t-shirt. what I'm saying. Like I would I would love to try and help somebody rather than just like like i said we more or less have clothes that we've purchased that are sitting around in a box that were nobody's buying so it's like right. what 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 purpose is that serving when there are people that literally don't have a shirt on their backs you know what i mean like yeah. i just i feel yeah. wrong even like hoarding this thing just to make money off of it you know what i mean like it just right. feels weird to me yeah especially if it's like not really sellable it's at a point where it's like we're three years past the release of that song. It's like, guy, let's just put the right. fucking shirts out there so people can have them. Because I'd, I'd rather be on the back of somebody that doesn't have something than somebody that bought it because they're pals with me. You know what I mean? Right. And then who cares if they even listen to the band? Or I don't have care. I don't. I don't yeah. care. They don't. They don't ever have to know what once revealed even means. As long as they fucking have a shirt on their back so they can wear when it's fucking cold. You know? Right. They would just say, "Oh, look at that neat looking thing on my yeah. shirt. Yay." Right. Yeah, that's sort of yeah. where I stand on that. As I'm, we'll probably have to talk to the other guys about it, but that's sort of where I'm at on it. If we can, we can amass some sort of thing and find a group that's going to on a mission trip. Maybe send them with them. That would be nice. I would like to know that somebody's helped rather than just us sitting on our capitalist greed. Yeah, and it's not like we're we're not even going to have the opportunity anytime soon. To I sell don't think them. I'll ever be able to sell take it away shirts. Yeah, not those specific shirts. Even if they were just regular ones for field shirts, when would we have the chance? To when sell are we them? ever going to do it? When, when are we going to do another show? You know, right? We don't know. We have that's we have no right. idea what's right. We have a merch store, onceareal.com/slash/merch, but it's like onceareal.com/slash/merch. We don't sell anything through that, like ever. Like most of our sales yeah. are in person or for me telling people they can get a shirt and they send me money and I send them a shirt. So it's like, yeah, we don't have enough notoriety for people to be like, oh, I'm going to go to their website and buy something from right. them on my own volition. Right. And so I'm like, I, yeah. that's how I kind of feel. I also, something else that I thought about is you can buy really cheap bulk shirts and bulk clothing in general. I would love to donate that kind of stuff, just in general, just plain clothing. That'd be nice. Yeah, because it might be like a 50 or $100 kind of thing for us which is not a huge deal. But that's like a, a lifelong that... investment for a group of people that have nothing. Yeah. 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 And so that's why I'm like, let's, let's do something good with what we have rather than good old capitalist greed. Well, it's not really just a capitalist thing. It's just a people thing. It's like we have... I, I, I've... Well, that's what I'm saying is like humans, humans in general are just like, I don't know, we're so hell-bent on like making a dollar off of what we own. You know what I mean? Like I... I spent money yeah. on that. I can't lose money on that. Like, why not? Why can't you lose money on that? Why Who cares? Why you is got that so enough bad? to do, you have enough to do just fine. You're not. It's not like you're. Uh, yes. You're I have food money. in my belly and gas in my car. I'm happy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like if if this shirt that you quote unquote wasted money on is now serving a purpose for somebody else. Was that's it not wasted? A waste of money. Was it, it wasted? Means it didn't profit you. Right. Right. Yeah. It doesn't need to profit me. I just want people to be happy. Yeah. I'll go two hundred dollars in the hole to help another human, dude. That's all right. <laughs> like, right. That yeah. seems fair to me. Yeah. You'll make that two hundred dollars back. That's the thing. I, You'll make it back. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm over time in a minute. It doesn't matter. I don't care. It's just yeah. as long as somebody's helped. That's that's better to me than sitting around in a box full of clothing and sitting around doing nothing. Right. 
And then for me, I have to remind myself, as long as I'm being responsible in all my other financial things, you know, it's, it's really easy to afford that. But then also, that's another one of those things where, like, the actions that we perform, they, they have a, a, a really practical resonance to, uh, to, to things that happen back to you. Hey, man, it's a you karmic know? response, right? You, you start that wave of karma, to... karma might come back. That's the whole thing. It's karma, it's reaping what you sow, yeah. it's uh, just general consequences of actions. If you're doing this good thing, yeah. even if you're not being responsible with your own expenses, that it helps you somehow. Right. There's something There's about some, doing some inner inner value to that that isn't yeah isn't even it's not even quantifiable. Not, I don't even think it's qualitative it's not, at yeah, its best. It's, not, it's a qualitative thing, and I've heard people in in church say, you know, when they're talking about tithing, and they're like, yeah, when I make a purpose to give, it seems like the other financial problems kind of they just work out better somehow. I don't know why. It just kind of works out better. Karma, man. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. We've uh, we've reached about an hour, Nathan. Oh, yeah. Can you believe like we blew through that hour, didn't we? And we talked about some good shit. We, we got around, man. We got around some philosophically deep stuff. We yeah, literally man. got around the so, world. Yeah. Around so, the world, 2021. We've been once revealed. You guys have been great. Yeah. Thank you all for being so well-dressed. Happy New Year. Welcome to 2021. Welcome. And uh, I think we'll leave off tonight by just saying, Quaheri. Quaheri. With bloodshot eyes and sleepless nights.